Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 417 of Longbox Heroes. Todd and Joe joining you here today. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Ready to talk about comics and some fun. All right, good. That's what the show's all about. We're about having fun. And then I would say a swear there, but this is the clean show. Yeah, that other show is where you let it all fly, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I had reason to fly this week. I just want to lie. Fly me to the moon. I'd sing more, but we only, you know. Right. Anything more than five seconds, we get uh, we get dinged or something. I don't. Know. Yes, I'm not really sure how ASCAP works. Um, I don't. Like Chris Evans ASCAP. <laughs> what? Wasn't it JD Salinger's son who played him in the uh, other one? Yeah, with the rubber ears. Yeah, like Chip Salinger, his name was or something. Yes, and that's the one where they're like, "Hey, let's make Red Skull a fascist." Italian fascists. That's right. And Captain America had rubber ears. Did you know that? I did. Oh, fantastic. I think all superheroes today should have ears like like days of yore. You know, we always think about things to do for, you know, the monthly rolling thing over on After Dark. Mm-hmm. And you could do things like that Captain America movie, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, but those are layups, the easy things. Right. We like to think a little outside of the box, do something original. Right. Not lift someone else's uh, what have you, you know what I mean? Right. Definitely. Like, you know, maybe something called Operation Al's Gals, right? <laughs> right. That's the code name for it. Right. But I know we're talking After Dark, and we're going to get into comics here, but when I pick, when I pick my movies for... Uh, after dark i know you don't listen to podcasts but when other podcasts that i listen to who do like who have like a movie element to them if there's a movie that's on my list and they end up doing it even though they're way up here in listenership and we're somewhere not up there Mm -hmm. and i'm like nope we can't crossover Okay. Because then I'll be influenced by what they said when we do our show, if that makes any sense. Right. See, the only thing I'm ever influenced by are the voices in my head. Oh, okay. Good. Right. So let's get into our comic book stuff today, because we do have mm-hmm. a ton of news and a ton of books to talk about. That's a rarity. Yes. Uh, we have a book that's... So hot, it was destroyed and getting into our hands. Uh, speaking of books too hot, we're going to talk about one of the books that Todd was most looking forward to coming <laughs> up this week and the controversy that it stirred up. Mm-hmm. And uh, information about the next Ed Brubaker book that we kind of sort of knew was coming, but now we have confirmation, which is always good. And then in one of the most tried and true jokes... On this show, Todd. <laughs> right. An event book is getting two extra issues before it even comes out. Hmm. How you feel about it will tell me what company is doing it. <laughs> uh, all that, of course, uh, we have convention stuff to talk about as uh, Todd Tour 2018 rolls <laughs> on. Yep. Uh, digital sales and freebies, and we do have some new freebies to discuss. What we read this past week. 
uh, the four alluded to Batman Damned, number one, Mr. Miracle Numero 11, the book so hot that it caused Todd to not only email me, but text me to make sure that I read it in Thor number five. That's right. I was making sure I was getting you on all airwaves. And of course, we'll have Todd's art attack to kind of wrap everything up here and a little reminder, the, uh, pigskin pickums. But Todd, let's get into comics this week. Okay. In the news. Uh, so I commend you because of the, uh, link that you gave me for the conventions. Mm-hmm. But then I abhor you because it missed one of the big ones that happened this past weekend. Thought Bubble happened over in the UK this past weekend. And that's like a five or six day festival de carnival of all mm-hmm. sorts of comic entertainment and so forth. So well, one well, of the things that happened over there was Sean Phillips was over there to promote the upcoming My Heroes of Alban Junkies by he and Ed Brubaker. Well, also it came out, they are ready to unveil, or at the very least solicit for, next month for 2019, that Criminal is officially back. Uh, Ed Brubaker says that it's returning as a monthly book. They're going to try some different things, really embrace what the monthly comic format can do. And they're going to do multi-part storylines that could vary anywhere from two issues to eight issues. And they're going to really explore the world that they created all these years ago. That's really cool because I only recently read Criminal when oh. the, they had sales and stuff. Right. And I – because they did that one shot. I forget what it was when they were doing the magazine size and they had the – Yeah, the, the yeah. They did like part. a couple of them I think if I'm not mistaken. And I remember and I, I remember you – I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you know, it's Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I never read Criminal because that was before – that was around the time, you know, I wasn't getting everything Ed Brubaker. And I read it and I said, like I said, this is the crime stuff. Like, I thought Sissy was the, at its best, was the best crime stuff I was ever going to get in comics. I didn't know what I wanted was Criminal. And now that, like, it's out, I, like, I want to go back and reread Criminal. And I'm like, Jack, I'm really Jack. That was so good, the way it was, like, told like out of order and to- different times and how it all uh, went together somehow. And the fact that he's got like a bigger story seems like he's got, he had this planned for a really long time and it was so good. I like whatever he's got in the criminal universe. Right. And we've discussed this before as well, where uh, sometimes a book you'll find out about a little bit late. And then I, me, at least if I start a book and trade, I'll stick with trade depending on how far it is. You know, if it's the first trade, I'll see what I can do about getting those first couple issues. If not, whatever. But if I find out about something like, say, two or three or even four trades in, you know, then I'm just going to stick with the trades. With Criminal and a lot of the other Brubaker stuff, when he does the single issue, he'll put, like, short stories and he'll put letters pages and all sorts of other stuff like that that doesn't get reprinted in the collected editions, which is a great way to entice people more so to get those single issue sales up, and him saying there's lore more so what you can do in the single issues makes me happy that someone like Ed Brubaker is making comics with the medium in mind, and not let's put something together that I could sell a trade paperback and a graphic novel and get it into bookstores, or, you know, it is happening because sometimes this stuff does get picked up to get made into TVs or movie or whatever it is, but like that's not the expressed purpose for him doing it, if that makes any sense. 
Oh, I'm totally down with it because it seems like everything is made to be that six issue storyline. I'll give Jason Aaron like credit on Avengers because it seemed like his first like Avengers story this time was like what five issues to tell the story and then like hey let's do our one shot you know woolly mammoth go um, which I kind of like that. It's like, oh, I'm definitely going to do a one issue, but those one issues are going to tie together. Um, I think the whole ability to tell a short story, uh, like a, like a one off, or I think like the hardest thing in comedy is tell like an eight pager or a four pager. Like the less you have, have to say, the, like you have six issues, you could pad it out. Sometimes you don't have that story, but to get what you need, a middle, a beginning and an ending sometime in just one issue, like I have no doubt Brew Baker can do that and other guys can do that. And I love I'd like to see more of it too. Right, and again, see more of it, yes, but obviously when the big name creators, those great creators like an Ed Brubaker or Jason Aaron do that, I think it makes it a little bit more palpable, a little bit more easier to digest. Do you think it's hard for the common comic book reader to digest a single issue story? Yes. Really? Um, Because, as you mentioned, it is tough to do. Right. And by tough, I mean it's tough to tell a complete story in one issue. And I think many new comic readers, like if you've come into comics within the, like, let's say last like 15 years, mm-hmm. you are used to that decompressed storyline, I think. The, the decompressed storytelling where mm-hmm. something that could be told in two or three issues is spread out over six to fill that trade paperback or to get those extra issues out on the stands. Where I I would guess that if that's all you've known of comic books, and then you mm. read that story that is just that one issue self-contained where you get your beginning, your middle, and the end of the book, I'm not going to say that it was maybe difficult is the wrong word, but I definitely it would feel weird to someone who's not used to reading that sort of style. Okay. See, I think... It's the it's whatever it is. If it's good, it doesn't matter. Because last year, one of the best I've heard everybody talk about one of the best books of last year was Batman Elmer Fudd. One story, you know, a quick done, and like you know, if it's done well, a short story or a long story is just done well, as we always say. Right, but okay, and see, that's what you're saying is if it's done well, I don't think there's a ton of creators that can tell a good one-issue self-contained storyline. And look at who wrote that Batman Elmer Fudd. It was Tom King. Right, but I was just saying, do you think people have a harder time? I I didn't specify whether it was good or bad. I I thought maybe you meant regardless, that people are just programmed for a six-issue story. Now, do you know what I mean? I think that's that's a a lot. I I think that's part of it. But I I don't think it's... It, it, it exists in my mind of what it is. Like, if you're conditioned to see TV shows in a certain way or movies in a certain way or read stories in a certain way, and then you're, you get something that's out of that method of storytelling, it could just be a little bit di- more difficult to just because it's so different. But as you mentioned, if it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter if it's one story, one issue or 12 issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if and okay, so another thing is, it's not what you're digesting, but it's also the means in which you're digesting it. Really, if you are only a trade reader, then when you read something that's collected, that's the only way that you're getting stuff in a single issue 
typically isn't going to get filled out in a trade, or if you read it, it's going to be part of a collection of a bunch of other stories. You're going to read it in its intended fashion, I guess? Right, where if you're going to read that Elmer Fudd in trade, you're reading it probably in the trade with all the other Looney Tunes books at the time. Right. So you're going to get one-shots that aren't as good and, and, and stuff like that. So I guess look as a as a, well, people trade weight and digital and get get that it could be a little different i like i equate it to like uh like some of these streaming services and i know this is a little off off thing with like netflix where i'm so used to stream something that the whole season is there then when cbs did star trek discovery and they're like yeah it's going to be a streaming service but star trek discovery is going to be weekly and i'm like no, streaming's supposed to be to to drop all at once. I don't like when you do that. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're saying, where it becomes a cust you become accustomed to something. But because I'm so so cool, like I love like those holiday specials, and I love like a great one shot or that down issue between giant runs of a comic. I'm just like I I like salivate for a good one shot issue. So I, I I guess I'm old school and don't I can't see it the new way. So I don't know. That's why I figured I'd ask you what you thought on this. I can't send way either, but I'm aware that the new way exists. Like old dinosaurs like us do it different. Exactly. We're steadfast in our ways and don't like change. I don't know. I like uh, change if it's for a 50. Change no? to it, like just for chips at the table? What do we? Change? Oh, I would definitely right. ch- changing 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to put them all in the Johnny Cash slot machine. Oh, I want one. Oh, my God. What an eyesore. (laughs) What an eye opener. Yeah. All right. Speaking of image books and speaking of image books that aren't coming out, uh, the Robert Kirkman new book, I Die Die, was supposed to be coming out this week. But alas, there was a problem with the printer where... Uh, the printer printed the cover inside out, so mm. the inside back cover is actually the cover, if it makes ah. any sense. See, I thought they used the wrong ink, or they didn't use the right dye, dye, dye. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right, but hey, printing problems happen, and uh, they're usually in DC Omnibuy, and they're not <laughs> noticed until after they're shipped. So I'll go with that a plus, pulp the run. Um, no, I, I mean, this thing, they got shipped, right? They have to be returned? No. Destroyed, I mean. Right. So it's, it says that they've been pulped. Um, mm-hmm. I think they caught it before they shipped because okay. I think they caught it, if I'm looking at a calendar here, they caught it last, like a week ago. Like last Wednesday they caught it. Okay. See, I thought some were getting sent to, to retail. Now that's the question. Have well, they're gonna out? Be because in addition to, when it happens in a DC bus, it's a it's a horror story. Mm-hmm. When it happens in something like this, and an accident gets shipped out to a store, that's someone's nest egg. Right. Though th- not always, because I have a couple of rare, like uh, some mistake books. And as much as you think, like uh, what you really have to do is br- airbrush body parts out. That's how you get your money books. Well, moving on to our next story, Todd. Mm-hmm. We're going to speak more about the actual contents of the book. Uh, you know, the story, but, uh, apparently I was out of the loop being someone who does a comic book podcast 
who mm-hmm. talks about the news. Apparently, this has been a known thing for many, many weeks that in the uh, Brian Azzarello, Libraham, it's Libra, uh, yeah, Libraheimo, uh Black, what's the? No, da- Damned, just Batman Damned. No, what's the imprint called? Black oh, Label? Oh, Black Label. Okay, yeah. Right, so in the Black Label Batman book, that we were going to see Batman's uh, Wang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Bat Pole, if you will. Mm, okay, tread lightly, this is the clean show. Right. Um, but apparently this is this was a known thing for weeks before this book came out, and yes, then somehow I... it came out and people still went nuts over it, both positively in, I don't care about the contents of the book, I just want the book where you see Batman's beepie, mm-hmm. and then on the flip side where everyone's in an uproar that DC's printing pornography. Right. And then the whole top of that is, from now on, our mature label, you know, black label... From now on, when they reprint this, uh, the the offensive appendage is going to be shaded out so you don't see it. Um, I'm like, it's your mature label. We're all grown-ups here, except for me occasionally. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I knew about it long a long way off. Um, uh, a, a, per, a friend of ours... Uh, he was tweeting about it like like weeks ago. It was in, I swear to God, I think it was in one of the uh, what do you call it when they give it out like a like a sample, like okay, a, a four page sample. It was in there maybe. I don't know if if one of retailers got it or now, see, that's if it, that's where your money is, right? You want that retailer exclusive that has the preview of the the Wang. Right, and I think that was actually the hashtag, Batwang, is what was, you know, going under. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, so there was either that, and she was, like, tweeting out about it, and, like, I knew about it from, like, that it was getting coverage, but not the way it was now. Like, I, I didn't get just because of that like uh air quotes um, like, I'm a big Lee Berhamo fan, but when I was looking into this, I'm like, oh, like, all joking aside, I didn't know about he was going, you know, f- kind of frontal. I knew more. I, I knew I knew more about what was going to be in the book than the fact that it was oversized, like a magazine format size. Like when it came and I saw it on the table, I'm like, oh, where am I going to store this? <laughs> Instead of like, you know, what's what's inside the book and what's making it. Like literally, luckily they had magazine bags and boards, so I had something there. But yeah, like I didn't know, I knew more about what was in it than the size of the book. Right, and is the uproar because it's Batman? I think... Okay, it's take something. Okay, it's it's an equi- the equation that we always talk about. It's okay, a new line from DC. It's the mature line. It's got a little bit of the, um and it's it, then you throw Batman on top of it and that that puts it over the top. Do you know what I mean? Right. Now I want to say, you know, our our friend Becky was tweeting about this and she had mentioned I guess in Batman White Knight, she had claimed there were scenes of Harley Quinn naked or something. And I, I think she may have been exaggerating because, you know, I went and I looked and I'm like, ha- she's no more or less clothed in this than she is in. Now, I didn't read the whole thing. I perused like the first issue that she was in or whatever. But she's no, no more or less clothed than she is in the normal DCU book. 
No, now on that one, I don't know because there was different issues where she, she is in bed with the character who was Joker. He's Jack now. Like he mm-hmm. reverts back. And I think there was a whole thing where she was. Oh, I don't know. I think Becky might have been making tweets about the fact that they wouldn't let him show Harley topless, but they let this happen, maybe. I don't know, unless you're looking at the tweets right now, so I don't know. But uh, I think that was it. And then uh, Sean Murphy was, like, talking about he wished he was able to put in what he wanted, which reminds me of a, a story Josh told me about Superior Foes of Spider-Man, that if you buy the the omnibus or the trade off of uh, uh, who's the who's the artist for Superior Foes of Spider-Man? Lieber. Uh, uh, Steve Lieber. Steve Lever, he'll he'll draw back the the gag that they made them take out of the book. Oh, get out of town! Yeah, there's a there's a, a urination joke oh. in the book that's <laughs> that's not there. It's just boomerang standing over somebody's like knocked down. So if you get the trade from him, he draws the stream back in and everything. Mm-hmm. He's like that's so like they 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 do take stuff out, and I think that's what happened. With uh, the Harley Quinn, is sure got to take the toplessness out of it. But I was all over the place for a lot there. Right. So uh, Becky's tweets, and I have to clean them up because she can get a little saucy online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you all wanted to see full frontal Harley and White Knight acting like children because you see the outline of Batman's junk, sexist double standard, and the majority of you reading this all have the same equipment. Uh, oh my golly gosh, you can see Batman's wee-wee, uh, of swears, the book is good, who cares? Uh, as you mentioned, Black Label is mature, violence, language, nudity, you're per- you pearl-clutching hypocrites, and Gutless Wonders knew this, you're going to make DC change the book. Good job, because of now I'm never going to get to see Nightwing's bear bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to clean that up quite a bit, just so you know. Uh, but uh, right. follow uh, Annie the Kitty on Twitter. She needs more followers. Mm-hmm. Because she's got good tweets out there. Um, yes, she does. But yeah, so from her tweets, it sounded like, I guess, w- w- what it was was that people were upset that uh, Harley Quinn wasn't fully naked in that. Yes, I just found the article. Is Sean Murphy tweeted out or Instagrammed the original uh harley topless in bed with jack and then they like probably you know shadows or or uh you know a co- like drew a cover in later but he censored it for the actual comic and i wonder if they're going to because it's going to be in the black label line if they were thinking about uncensoring it for the trade but now it'll go back because you don't want to offend the black label readers i don't know like i said it's just stupid because it is the mature line So uh, the last bit of news, and well, you know, it's not that big of a story, so we'll just kind of gloss over it. Uh, with the Heroes in Crisis big event book that's coming out from DC, uh, you know, they decided to add two weeks to it. No, no news here. Move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here with fireworks in the background. <laughs> oh, Joe, does it have a better ending? Well, I don't know, Todd. I, I would assume that it does. You're not gonna blast it. You're not gonna put it on t- on blast. I'm looking up Tom King's Tumblr to see his explanation, because the story essentially just said, uh, hey, they're adding two extra issues to it, you know? 
See, what I heard Tom King had said was that these two issues were one-shot specials that were going with it Mm. by a different artist, so now they're just cramming it in somewhere and making them two extra issues, whether they're the end or in the middle or whatever. That's what's going to happen. Right. So it says Lee Weeks is drawing what is now issue three, and Mitch Gerards is drawing what would be issue, what would now be issue seven. Right. Which were special, uh, specials, I think, or one shots or whatever. Now, I, I will say this. Of course, I'm going to defend things because this is the kind of person I am. Being that they're kind of added in the middle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like they're changing the book. And all the companies do this where you'll have your big crossover event and then you'll have your ancillary, ancillary miniseries as is, is, and you'll have your one shots and everything else like that. And typically they don't sell as well. But mm-hmm. since these are being written by the guy who's doing the main book and two, I can only imagine that DC is like, Meh, if we make them part of the series, they might actually sell just as well instead of like at a 20% cut because people miss them or don't think they're as important. <laughs> so if you say that Tom King said, and I'm just trying to find where he said that, not that I'm doubting you, which is I want like confirmation from him. It might have been Twitter. Right. That's what I'm looking uh, right now. Which, and his Twitter, like it could be days ago. You know I mean, he tweets a lot, Todd. He does tweet a lot. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm so trying to tweet yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, somebody asked him about it going from seven to nine issues, and he says, we're going to do seven issues and two specials. Uh, instead, we, I, decided it would work better if we incorporated them into the numbering. So seven and two became nine. Not a big deal or change in anything story-wise. So no new ending no new whatever. It was already, from the sounds of it, it was already existing parts of the story that are now just being incorporated into the main numbering of things. See, now I'm going to be devil devil's advocate here, and I get it. I So it's all good with me. It's nine issues. I'm going to get all nine. But I, I would prefer them as specials where I get my choice whether I want to buy them or not. I still get my choice, mm-hmm. but now that they're part of, you know, like at least Marvel will tell you their essential issues and say like they're all important. You have to get them, but they don't make them actually their tie ins and make them part of the series. But now they're basically saying, well, now you have to get these if you want the series. Like, I think it's better to have the choice, but and have it all be drawn by one person. Uh, but you know, I'm going to pick up the issues anyway, cause it's Tom King. If it was a lesser writer, um, or if this was done, like you said, uh, Tom King one, three, three, four, five, six, and eight, nine, then I would be mad. If right. Just and, slit, slit another writer. Right. And that's, and that's my only thing is if this was just two random issues by like, Oh, Joe Schmo and Bill Schmo were doing the one shots and we're just going to roll them in. But mm. if it's stuff that Tom King was writing anyway, I was, I was gonna, I'd, I would have picked them up anyway if Tom King was writing them and they were part of the story that he's writing. Unless the story stinks, then I'd be out. But you get what I'm saying. Right. Or if it's, if the story's minutely Tom King and then like most of it is someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like if they're just getting by by saying Tom King wrote these, well, he didn't write all of them. All of it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Right. And Where I he has just a wanna, sh- right. Uh, 
we rag on Bendis a little bit with this because he was the most recent perpetrator of the adding an extra issue and a different ending gag of the show. Mm-hmm. But if you remember during Dark Reign, when the Secret Warriors came out. Okay. They were advertising the book as written by Brian Michael Bendis and Jonathan Hickman. And that was like Jonathan Hickman's first full-time gig at Marvel. Right, his toe in the water there. Sure. So they're advertised as Bendis and Jonathan Hickman. In interviews, Bendis would say, I had nothing to do with the book other than the concept. They're putting my name on the cover of the book because they know my name will sell the book. Right. And I, 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 like I say, it could be that way. Or, be, you know, Tom King does the first four pages and then Joe Schmo does the last, you know, 16 pages. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Like, but, but like I said, if it's all Tom King all the time, I'm good. Right. And it's people that he's worked with before, Bards and Lee Weeks. So it seems like it's Tom, Tom King collaborators. So I'm okay right. either way. Right. But art, you know, like that's, I get what you're saying there. Yes. Right, the whole time, to- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy the trade of it and put it next to Watchmen Civil War on my bookshelf, you know? So if there's a different I- artist, I'll be okay. I think if it slips in right between, that's right where it's gonna be. I have a feeling, you know, uh, Heroes in Crisis is gonna be somewhere between Civil War and Watchmen. Watchmen would be first. Uh, n- uh, no, I'm doing it alphabetically. Oh, I'm doing it chronologically. Cause it's Civil War. Uh, you know, what's the name, uh, Crisis, and then, then, uh, a Watchmen. It goes CC. Heroes in Crisis, the name of Or, the yes, Heroes in Crisis. So, even better, CHW. Anyway, that's enough for the news. Let's get into the conventions this weekend. There's a bunch, of course. Uh, there is, there is a convention called Facts in Belgium. Ooh. Uh, some of the notable folks that are going to be there are Frank Thierry, Andrea De, uh, DeVito, uh, Tanant Guy. The Purple Man. Yes, and uh, Draco Malfoy from The Flash. Oh, that's uh, The nice. guy who was on for one season and then left uh, during the Doctor, Flashpoint season. Dr. Al Kemi? Right, Al Kemi. Yes. Uh, also, there is the Windsor... Comic Con in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Uh, you got a bunch of comic book type folks there: Marv Wolfman, uh, Mark Bagley, Larry Hama, Chris Bacala. And then on the media side of things, you've got Tony Todd, who's the who, amongst other things, is the Candyman. Oh, okay, I know who he is. Right. Uh, Mark Henry, world wrestling entertainer extraordinaire, mm-hmm. and world strongman, and sexual chocolate. I know of him, didn't he? Did, wasn't he married to some May Young? Right. Well, he's uh, the the father of May Young's child, the Hand. Yes. Oh, they, devil villains? No. Oh. Uh, Tyler Maine is going to be there. Uh, you would know him better as Sabretooth. Which Sabretooth? Uh, the one from the first set of X Men movies. Oh, okay. Wasn't he only in the first X-Men movie? Right. In that first X-Men movie, he was also Michael Myers in the bad Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Oh, okay. I thought he was in the different Mike Myers I was thinking of. Go ahead. Right. And he was also former professional wrestler Big Sky, and his other name was also Nitron. I don't know any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, 
uh, conventions this weekend is the Supercon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Is that how it's spelled? Yes. The Sioux in Super is spelled like the Sioux in Sioux Falls. Oh, like Sioux-y? Yes. Uh, Eric Burnham, uh, Phil Hester, Jill Thompson are some of the notable folks that are going to be there. Uh, CaveCon in Springfield, Missouri. And I think actually some of our listeners I saw tweeting are going to this. There's actually a convention being put on uh, in part by fan favorite of the show here, Colin Bunn. Uh, he'll be there, of course. Dennis Hopeless, Brian Hurt, uh, Joe Lansdale, Steve Niles. Uh, more of a, uh, he has a whole thing up on his site about how he's attended cons and been part of cons and all this other stuff before and was just kind of seeing all the things that he felt were doing wrong and he's attempting to do kind of like a grassroots sort of thing. Like his area to do like the big con in a smaller thing. You know, Springfield, Missouri is not the booming metropolis that Baltimore, Maryland is, Todd. The Inner Harbor. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, Baltimore Comic Con, the, the, the con of this show, the one that we've been to more times than not. Sadly, I will not be there, but Todd, of course, will be, at least for one day. Yes, I'll be, I'll be there Friday. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the hub of all of your comic book doings. Uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Brian Azzarello, Garth Ennis, Tom King, Ed McGinnis, Dan Slott making a rare public appearance, Mark Wade, Kevin McGuire, Jim Steranko. Leaving those two for last, <laughs> but the, right, right. The two, the two most notorious will be there. Wait, Kevin and Jim are going to be there? Yes. Oh, I might have to stop and say hi to one or two of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to be at Baltimore, look for Todd. I may have pins on me and old AC's last show. Uh, get back. If you see Todd, if you're going to Baltimore Comic Con this weekend and you see Todd, don't ask to get a marked picture with Todd. Ask <laughs> to get a picture of you with Todd's bag. There you and go. And make Todd take the picture. <laughs> and I'll tweet it out and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tag you in it. Ta- and tag words in it as well. Okay. That'll... You mean tag myself? Yes, tag yourself. That might pay off on after. I get where I'm editing that, so we'll see. <laughs> right, I don't know when the mics get hot. They have to warm up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but all the links to all these conventions, uh, if you're heading to any of those, will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, as will information about the soon to be named at soon to be named network dot com, soon to be named network dot dot com. All the shows in our little umbrella of like minded individuals. Uh, the click that we have here, all children, all are welcome. You know, if I know you and you ask me and you put your podcast out and you remind me and send me a direct message if you're on some other show, I'll make sure to put it on there. We've gone through the shows dozens of times, but for new listeners, of course, this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, the new show, A Todd's Wrestling Podcast with myself and Adam, uh, Profane Argument, Puzzle Warriors 3, Podvocacy, Everlasting Minute, and a couple other shows that who knows if and when they come out. Speaking of which, when we record this show... This is my reminder to check to see if Prodigal Sons have done a show, and mm-hmm. they haven't. <laughs> That's all. Well, if anybody know, it'd be you. Right. Not even they know if they do a show. <laughs> so, uh, all the links to that, of course, will be over there, as will a link to purchase Friend of the Show, an Ultra Mass 
mega power listener of the show, Jason Sandberg's comic book, Jupiter, a big giant collection of a bunch of short, short stories, sci-fi, political stuff. All sorts of things are included in there. Please check that out. Jason put a lot of hard work into it, and if his hard work pays off, you buying it, that means he'll get a chance to make more. We'll talk about it more on the show, and you see how that works. One hand washes the other. Oh, wait, that might. Are you going to go wash your hands? No. Washing hands is for suckers. Oh. <laughs> uh, never mind. Go ahead. No, all right. Write that down for yourself. All right. Washing hands. All right. So, uh, digital sales and freebies. Uh, some of the holdovers, of course, still exist. Uh, Titan is still having their sale on gaming stuff. And they've also added indie comics to their thing and i'm like titan's already an indie thing but i forget that they do a lot of sci-fi stuff this is kind of your slice of life sort of stuff books like uh something called death sentence and another thing called oh men i guess parody of x-men i'm not really sure uh boom through archaea is doing a sale on jim henson's like a lot of fraggle rock and things like that uh there's another indie superhero sale uh, which includes show favorite Leaving Megapolis by Gail Simone and Jim Calafiore, amongst other things included in there. Uh, Vertigo Recent Hits is still there. Dynamite Recent Hits is still there. Marvel is having a sale on X-Men Blue and Gold sort of stuff. So, you know, if you like that old X-Men cartoon, you want to see the stuff that inspired it, check that out. And then DC sale this week, Todd, is events, because, of course, they're having an event coming out this week. So a lot of their events are included in this. And Todd, sadly, this is the one of five sales that does not include Batman Year One or Dark Knight Dark Knight Returns. Well, to be fair, they weren't event books, so. Haven't they been retconned into becoming event books by this point? No, that's Tom King's nonsense. Oh, okay. Heroes in Crisis is going to put them in an event. Uh, but you know, you've got everything from newer stuff, uh, like your, uh, flashpoints to your blackest nights to your convergences to middle of the road stuff. You know what? Um, in there is something called Batman Bruce Wayne Fugitive and Batman Bruce Wayne Murderer. Mm-hmm. Those are early. Ed Brubaker written Batman stories. Never read those, and mm-hmm. I forgot that he actually did those. Yes. Uh, also included in there is Batman's No Man's Land, which is very interesting to see that included in all of this. That was an event. Right, that was itself an event, as is uh, Superman Reign of and Return of the Superman. You know, the big Doomsday Saga, right? Right, yep. So you got the death, you got the the reign, and then you got the uh, return. Like four trades. Right. That it all collects it in. Uh a lot better than its reputation would let you believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the links to those will be in the show notes, uh, as will a bunch of the new freebies. From last week's, or a week or two ago's, Batman Day, the Batman Little Gotham, and Batman White Knight that we were talking about a little bit before in the Batman Damned conversation. Those first issues of those series are free, and Marvel updated their freebies to the most recent iteration, I guess from about, that's the newest, from nine years ago. Uh, New Mutants, number one. 
Uh, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number one. What If, AVX, number one. And X-Man, number one, from the 90s. Was that when Magneto was the X-Man? No, this was Nate Gray, who was like an alternate reality cable, who wasn't cable, a young punk. And they tried to retcon him into becoming like Spider-Man's new Human Torch Johnny Storm friend. (gasps) Even better. And it worked out as well as you think it would be. It so worked out perfectly, is what you're saying. Right. The only thing that I remember... Um, was the Spider-Man issues that crossed over with X-Man had mm-hmm. art by Steve Scrose. And Steve Scrose's art worked for Spider-Man and Spider-Man villains like the Lizard and Morpheus. Didn't work so well uh, exaggerating the elongated features of X-Man. Uh, now, Morpheus is one of his villains? Uh, I, I, if I said Morpheus, I meant Morbius. Morbius the okay. living vampire. I was going to say, okay, I don't never remember Spider-Man having the same name as Sandman. That's why I was asking. My bad. No? Okay. <laughs> so all the links to those will be in the show notes. Uh, now, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, since we were already talking about it before, get into what you were most looking forward to coming out this week, which was Batman Damned Numero Uno. Right. By Brian Azzarello and Lee Berhamo. The book starts out with... Batman, you know, uh, kind of bleeding and he's having, you know, these these thoughts and someone is narrating the book. And at this point, you're not one. I didn't know who was narrating the book, even though looking on the back where it has the description of the book, it tells you. Um, So I'm just going to say at this point, it's John Constant narrating like how Batman's down and, 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 and things go on and how things in the world work. And how they equate to the scenes that you're seeing. It's very interesting, but Batman's in an ambulance and they're, they're working on him. And you now they're like, Oh, let's take the mask off him, see who he is. Batman kind of freaks out and he's like a wounded animal. Like he doesn't know where he is. He just knows he's hurt. So he starts running through the city. He's running through the worst areas of town and people are like, you know, like crap, like Batman's, you know, not right. Stay out of his way. Through a series of events, we thought that John Constantine finds him, heals him, um, and we find out at this point on the news that the last place Batman was seen was area where they also found the Joker's body. Apparently now the Joker is dead, and Batman wants answers, John wants to work with him, but Batman, you know, wants nothing to do with him. He's off on his own case. Um, he's gonna go undercover. Uh, he's visiting and seeing various people and the, the, the crime scene and, you know, he's following the clues and everything like that. And then all these like the, like dead man and and, uh, like all the mystical characters are starting to pop up little by little. And Bruce is having flashbacks to his youth. Um, I really like this book, but at times it seems like I want to read all three issues because it's bi-monthly and there's going to be three of them all. Like it seems very dis, it's well written, but the story flows very disjointed. It's like, all right, here's Batman. He's back safe in the cave after John has healed him. Now he's going to put on a disguise. All of a sudden Zatanna's there for no reason doing like three card Monty. And then she'll, he'll be like, I'm looking for someone on the streets. And she'll pull out the card, like the Joker card. And then she kind of goes away and Dead Man shows up. And I want to see how it all plays out. But overall, 
I didn't care the, the story so much. But the thing that I did buy it for, as I was saying, is Lieber Hamel. I'll buy anything that he does. And this, with a slightly oversized uh, uh, size to it, painted, is amazing. The book's ridiculously awesome. So I'm getting two and three. He's one of the few artists that I will buy just for him. Um, but I like the story. And in the end, there's a thing, maybe the Joker isn't quite gone. Uh, but like I said, I liked it. I didn't love it. I want to see where it goes. Uh, the art is keeping me around. Now, see, uh, art is not strong enough for me to get a book like this. And because right. it was a miniseries, because I think it might have been solicited as quote unquote like not in, I guess. Right. And it's six ninety nine. And it's six ninety nine. And I didn't even know it was oversized ahead of time. And I don't like having books uh, that have wee wee's in them. I'm going to talk about it. All right, go ahead. Shoot. Um, it's literally two panels. Yeah. And, like, it's not a full-on, fully lit shot of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. What do you mean, it's, it? It. it what, what do you mean, out? Out. <laughs> okay. Um, it's basically him walking through the cave after, you know, he's taken off the costume and he's thinking about something. He comes back and he's walking from the Batmobile to the suits, to like new suits, cause his suits all tore up and shots where he's kind of, you know, putting something on the ground. And then there's another shot where he's walking and it's just a faint. Let me put it this way. Watchmen was much more blatant with it than this book will ever be. And all they have to do is add just a slightly shade of black to the shade, to the shadows, and it's gone. So it's not like it's this full-on brightly lit scene. It's just just an outline in a shadow. Mm -hmm. So it's not what people think. So I, it's not like overt or anything like that. I think people will be okay. I may keep an eye out for this when it gets collected, as long mm -hmm. as it's not some sort of wonky magazine-sized, oversized thing. You know what I mean? See, I think it will. Because, because of the way the art is done? Yes, and just like it's going to look good at that size. But then again, I've seen stuff like oversized that they're – that they're like, nah, it's for shipping and for storing on shelves. We're going to go and print with the standard size. We print everything. Right. That's what I'm so, thinking. You know what? So I honestly don't know on this one. They might shrink it down, but I think it makes it worse for wear. Right. Or it would make it worse for wear. Uh, so moving on to Miracle number 11. Uh, sadly, a book that has been plagued by lateness. However, we're almost at the end. The home stretches with insights. Uh, as we've learned, you know, there was the whole story arc of this where Barda and Miracle have a son. They're raising the son. Darkseid comes to them and says that he wants the son. And this is Barda and Scott going to Apocalypse, to Gideon, to Darkseid, but they also bring a veggie tray as well. With carrots. With carrots. And they they do exactly what they say they do. They give Darkseid their son. And it's a very touching father-son moment. Because uh, I think this was more or less what happened to Scott as a child as well. And this is less Darkseid saying, I'll give this to you. You know, but more so I'm going to keep this cycle of what your life is 
alive by taking your son to you from you, just like you were taken from your father. Right, because literally the backstory of uh, Mr. Miracle and Orion was to like a truce. It was the High Father would give Mr. Miracle scot free to Darkseid. Darkseid gave his son Orion to the High Father to raise, and then obviously Scott escaped and got went back to New Genesis. But it's the whole you know argument of himself like to stop a war will i do the thing that i still hold a grudge to my father for doing right and i think it's very well done in the way like scott being weighed down by the burden of that thought and the plan that he has and what he's going to do and like will he give the kid to this to like to the monster of the dc universe right you know it's 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 a great book for like the penultimate issue of this run like to the war is it is it worth it to give your son to a monster to save lives and return people to their families that are pow's it's it's a weighty question with in a book that has a vegetable tray. I'm not trying to be funny that way. It's very weird how deep this book is and how weird it is to see Darkseid chewing on a carrot while Scott Freeze deciding whether or not he should give his kid away forever. Right. Um, very good. Very good. I'm sorry. I stomped all over you, but just amazing. Nope. Really good. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And based on what the ending of this was, I'm excited and interested to see what that last issue is going to be since it certainly seems like it's going to have big repercussions throughout the DC Universe. Mm. While there are DC Universe stuff in this, this whole maxi-series has seemed to be very insular. Like, it's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if the table just kind of gets reset, or if there is going to be long-lasting effects uh, throughout the rest of the DC Universe with what happens at the end of this issue. Again, spoiler-free. Right. And I'm interested because I still want to see how if it has anything to do with your original prediction all the way back to issue one that Scott never survived the attempt of taking his own life. I think we're way past that at this point. But who knows? Do you really? Do you really? Because we keep seeing those those scritchy scritch scenes in the art where it's like 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 almost like uh, static TV. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I don't know. It could be anything. Tom King's way smarter than we are. So maybe you got it right all the way. I'm like, I'm just saying, I want to see where, where issue 12 goes. Because right. it, it could be anything. But I was just curious if you'll think that your, that your theory's in play at all. I'm, I, I, th- and again, because of the way this ends, there's a chance, but I think we're way past what I thought the original thing was. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> So, last but not least, uh, we're going to talk about Thor number five, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Christian Ward. Uh, so we got the teaser at the end of the previous issue when that little four-issue story arc wrapped up. We got the little bit about uh, old man Thor, essentially, who he and uh, Daughters of Thunder recreated Earth. Uh, he goes and runs into his old friend Logan, a.k.a. Old Man Logan, who is now the Phoenix. And, old Man uh, Phoenix. Was that... Old Man Phoenix. Uh, old Man Phoenix. And, and Phoenix is upset at Old Man Thor that he rebuilt Earth because by doing so, it has set things into motion that the Phoenix has to stop, but n- over Old Man Thor's dead body. So you get that big knockdown drag out battle with Zoo. And then we get the interstitials of Ego the Living Planet. 
Yes, who was cursed by the sword, I think, from the the god, like the god butcher. Yes. You know what I mean? That way the symbiotes, which is going on in Donnie Cates' uh, Venom stuff. But, yeah, so that's that ego. And then there's somebody on there who's like, I'm here, like you've crushed whole universes or whole planets and stuff like that, but I'm just a worm, which my guess is that's probably Loki somehow. But I don't know yet. I want to see where that goes on. And then uh, we find out that old, old man uh, Phoenix is saying, Logan, he's like, you've recreated a beacon now to something even bigger that's going to come and snuff it. And this is your fault, Thor. You should have you should have never did what you did. We're at the end of the universe. Let's just let it all die. And then that thing that he says is the beacon is shows up. Right, and it's kind of sort of spoiled on the cover of issue six, mm-hmm. but there's so much more about that, and again, oh. it's not my place to tell you, mm-hmm. um, but if you could remember that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that Todd not only emailed me, but texted me to make sure uh, I read this book, that might give you a hint as to who or what that could be. Right, who could show up here. Right. I, like, I don't want to be too spoiled. Like, I really enjoyed this, and there was a flashback to how, like, old old man Thor and old man Phoenix are, where they're drinking in a bar as the younger versions of self in our time is fantastic. Um, I don't know if you know this. Jason Aaron can write a book again. Yes. And then, like I said, when we hit that last page and that person shows up and then they just slap all the titles on them, I'm like, oh, I want next issue now. Just now, 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 now. <laughs> I'm really enjoying uh, Thor again. Not that I ever stopped. I'm just like, I'm really jacked for these issues. Hey, Jason Aaron uh, has been writing this Thor book through, what, six different iterations for part of the last seven years? Has it been seven years he's been doing Thor? Let me look. I I feel like We've done this before on the show. I know we've done this before on the show and looked. I feel like it's only been five. Five, it was five years ago. Uh, It's been six. Oh, split the middle, Joe. Right, split the middle, you're right. Uh, Thor God of Thunder comic. Yes, that's where he started. I mean, he may have done Thor somewhere else, but that's where this storyline started, or this run started. Right, it was part of Marvel Now. Came out in no- uh, November 2000. So we're two months away from the six-year run. Like the Ugh. anniversary of the six-year run. Does that make you feel old at all? To like six years of Thor have gone by in a blink? No. It does to this old man. Old man Roker. I think everything makes you feel old. Oh, that is true. The sunrise, the sunset, getting a pizza... Right. Filling my truck with gas. It all makes me feel Everything old. makes me feel old, but these things make me feel young. Comic books make me young. They fill me with life. Right. So, that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming this whether you're getting your books in print, whether you're getting them in digital, whether you're waiting for the oversized hardcover reinstituted dong edition, 
be forewarned and be forearmed of what books are coming out and when, what's getting old and what's not. Uh, the two things that Todd and I are doing here in the calendar year 2018 is one, keeping a running track of all the books that we're getting, uh, how much money we're spending. Of course, calendar year and of course, guessing the book the other is most looking forward to coming out this year. I have a lead over Todd with six correct guesses. He claims to be sandbagging things. I refuse to believe it. I'm looking at his list, and I think the book he is most looking forward to coming out this week is Heroes in Crisis number one. It is the book I'm looking for most. Booyah. I'm looking over your list, and also is the book you're looking forward to most, Heroes in, in Crisis number one? It is. I'm. It's Tom King. It's a big event. Booster Gold is somehow involved in it as a major player. Oh. I, there's, I've done everything that I can to avoid all of the spoilers for this book, so I have no idea what's going on in it, other than Harley Quinn and Booster Gold are the, essentially the main characters of this book, and somebody died, or maybe multiple people died. You know. Right, and this doesn't change it. Basically, all I know about it is it's it's those two characters. I believe, like, Wally's in it. Like, the, like the ones that they've established need the care in in uh, Heroes in Crisis, that, like, care center. And there, like you said, there's a murder mystery somehow. That's all I know. So, and I'm good with that. I'll take 10, please. All right. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all this that Todd and I have done with a little bit of dribblings of the at odds with wrestling podcast information there, just because I don't want to have to buy another URL. That sounds like a lot of work. And doing this podcast with the third RSS feed was already a lot of work, and this hasn't been fixed. But if it hasn't been fixed by now, it ain't getting fixed. I'm never touching this stuff again. You're not? No. That breaks my heart, Joe. Well, Todd, I can give you the logins, and you could work on it, and I could just see the internet melt in the distance. Mm, I'm not much longer, Joe. (laughs) Um, Again, of course, you can check out past pull posts, past episodes of this show, past episodes of Long Bucks Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues. And, of course, you can also check out our store, which has stickers, pins, shirts with our fancy logo on it from our good friend and DC Comics artist extraordinaire Tom Dorinick. If you don't want a shirt, a pin, or a sticker, you could always purchase something through our Amazon click-through. does not cost you a red or blue or white cent, but it does give us a little bit of a kickback on the back end. With anything that you purchase through Amazon, it's an advertising fee is what they call it. I just call it something that makes Todd happy at the end of the month. Cha-ching! Some of the notable purchases that must click through this past week. Of course, we do thank you if you are a digital comic book person and you have figured out how to connect your comicsology to our click through and you constantly get your books like I Know Jason Kirk of Podvocacy and Everlasting Minute Does. Venom 6 came out this past week. He got that. Someone also purchased the FET Filter 4-Pack Air Purifiers and the Honeywell HepaClean Air Purifier Replacement Filters. I guess they're trying to see which one is best. Maybe they're doing a YouTube air purifying gimmick. Mm. You got your unboxing videos, you got your watching people play video games things, and now you got the people who test air purifiers on YouTube. It's the next smash sensation. I can't wait the ground how do i invest well again whoever purchased those through the amazon click through let us know and we'll uh, get in touch mm-hmm. uh somebody also purchased something called following a movie by christopher nolan and somebody also purchased Snate, 
of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Boy, that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a good show. Yes, it is. It's almost like it's always really good. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everyone, who purchased anything through the Amazon click-through this past week or ever in the history of this show. Thank you very much. I'm not going to give you the whole keeps the light on, bandwidth, all that sort of jazz. As I mentioned before, Todd just likes us. Just Todd likes to get his cut at the end of the month. I like the way you said I'm not going to mention it. It keeps the lights on. But by not you're not going to mention it, aren't you really mentioning it? Um, Yes. All right. I just wanted to point that out. That's all. I'm that guy sometimes. I have to be, I have to, you know, make sure we get it right, do it the right way. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So, Todd, was there <laughs> any art attacks this week? Yes, we have. We have a couple of art attacks. Um, Euronymous, a uh, mega contributor to the art attacks, last week he sent in a Francovia uh, leather face. So this week he sent in a Kelly Williams, who may still have the greatest Twitter handle ever in the history of Twitter, Nacho Man Sandy Cabbage, mm. um, uh, did a uh, leather face for him. And on top of that, he sent in the he's the, the Francovia one that he did last week sent in a leather face that he did it some digital stuff to it. He added like the some coloring and uh, like the font for the le- the leather the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, f- font on the page and everything, which looks really cool. You have the original, but you digitally, I guess, have uh, what they you know the the, the colored uh, lettered version, which I think is you know was nice of them to do. I think that's great. Also, T-Bolt712 sent in a Catwoman Stealth Freeze that started off as a black and white Catwoman sketch by him uh, that needed a home. He inquired about kicking it up a notch uh, to include some color, and this is the end result. The the pink, the, he says the pick doesn't do the watercolor justice, and I get it. It's more stunning in purpose because we're going to get to my art attack which is a Mark Teixeira Jonah Hex, but Jonah Hex from when he was the road warrior in the apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic future, and he did it in amazing shaded pencils, but no matter what scan I did or the picture I did, it doesn't do it justice as much as you have it in person, but the picture worked much better, and I hope... Uh, it, the pa- the paper isn't as one get it. It looks a little like darker, but I think the picture still looks pretty damn sweet when you look at it. Yes, uh, you did show this to me at the shop this past week, and it does look awesome in person. I think it looks pretty good with the picture that you put online, but it's awesome to get the iteration of a character that you like as much as you like Jonah Hex by the person who designed whatever that look is for. If that makes any sense. Yes, and that's immediately why I went for that when his commission list opened. Right, right. So it's really awesome to get everything lined up exactly as you want it to be for the piece that you want. Yes, I'm very happy with this, and it goes perfectly with I have a Tony DiZaniga, Jonah Hex, size 11 by 17 on white artboard that look so i have the like the guy who designed the original look for him a piece by him and i have the tech share who did the other look like the other look other people have tweaked his confederate look but he did the the the, the road warrior look and i'm like i one of the two that i'm legitimately thinking about framing just because i love it so much and hanging in my in my living room uh, because I love it. And I found out through the guy who set it up for me, like, uh, a middleman, uh, he, 
ended up telling me that now Texera is selling prints. He liked doing this so much, apparently, because I was talking with one of our listeners, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, who's a big Transmet guy. He sends in all the Transmet art all the oh, time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, he was like, yeah, because he pro- he's tired of drawing Do- Ghost Rider, uh, Punisher, and Sabretooth. Like, how many commissions of this version of Jonah Hex do you think he gets over the course of a year? Right. So I could see he's like, all right, I don't have to go for the 78th time and, <laughs> and knock it out. And I'm like, he's going to be at New York. So depending on how much the price is, I'm, I'm going to buy a print off him just to, to, to probably, unless he tells me it's $78, then I'm going to pass. What if it's $75? Then I might, I might use the long box heroes account and pay him. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Uh, last but not least, again, no TV talk right now. I guess TV talk is going to return in about two weeks. weeks. Yes, shortly after New York, because I think all the stuff comes back the week after New York, like this Flash and Le- I don't know about Legends exactly, but because uh, I think they're doing the thing again where they split the time for Legends and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So, but it's around there sometime. Right, and last but not least, uh, uh, just a little reminder, of course, don't forget to do your football picks. I know Todd does a really good job of reminding everyone uh, to do your picks before the Thursday game, and I just want to mention that he's beating Todd and dozens of other people as well. To a pulps. Mm -hmm. I, okay. We're going to talk a little, because I know there's nothing you like talking about more than football and football related, uh, you know. As long as I don't have to talk another hour about football. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I already oh. did talk for an hour about football for the after dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Two hours I won't sit still for. Right. Uh, but my my picks right out of the gate three win garbage, garbage. I don't I don't understand. I sometimes I think football. I don't understand how the the games are going to turn out, and they don't turn out the way they should. It's almost like something weird's happening. Um, but I'm like, oh, I don't have my picks. But my Raiders are 0-3, so, like, I have nothing to cling to right now, Joe. I just, I just on, on Football Sunday, I just sit and drink whiskey. That's all I do anymore. Hopefully this will all turn around. I can rock it back to the top of the picks. My Raiders are going to turn around and go straight to the Super Bowl, and I'll have the happiest life I've ever had. This will be their last year as Raiders because they're going or as a uh, Oakland or whatever they are because aren't they going nope. to Las Vegas? In uh, they have one more year in Oakland while they're building the uh, the uh, Long Box Heroes Arena. Oh, that's right, Las just for Vegas. the one day, just for the one play. Oh, the one play, not even the one day. Yeah, we can't afford it. Oh, goodness, <laughs> it's just they're gonna like kick off their whoever's gonna like, you know do their one play and then they're gonna take the sign down. But it's like I said, it's gonna be really really on there so like maybe if they do the next tell uh arena or they use the x in long box like oh. they can reuse it or something the one thing oh. that i do know is i am going to spring to have the offspring play the uh opening game that it's oh. the, the opening play at least yeah gotta, i don't know i think you should keep football and offspring you got to keep them separated <laughs> all right if there's no better way to end the show i think that's got to be it so closing out episode 417 of long box heroes For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet. Boop!
Joe and Asa here for week four of the NFL picks. Asa got 10 right last week. That's the best that you've done so far. Are you ready for these picks? Yes. And then we're going to go make some games and all sorts of other stuff. Okay. Who's going to win, the Vikings or the Rams? Rams. Who's going to win, the Texans or the... Oh, Colts. Look at you. Uh, You know what? Bills or Packers? Packers. Buccaneers or Bears? Buccaneers. Dolphins or Patriots? Patriots. Lions or the Cowboys? Lions. Bengals or the Falcons? Bengals. The Jets or the Jaguars? Jaguars. The Eagles or the Titans? Of course it's the Eagles. You're always going to pick the Eagles. The Browns or the Raiders? Raiders. Raiders. Seahawks or Cardinals? Cardinals. The Saints? Giants. Oh, the Giants. I didn't even get a chance to read it. The 49ers or the Chargers? 49ers. You always think about the 49ers. I don't know why. The Ravens? Why do they stink? No, they're good. My friend Sean likes them a lot. Uh, The Ravens or the Steelers? Steelers. Last one. Chiefs or the Broncos? Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay, I had to repeat them just in case nobody heard them. Hey, what are we going to do now? I'll make up some games. And what on my phone? Involve some Pokemon. Involve some Pokemon. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.